Good evening, Patriots. And it's Wednesday, November 30th on the West Coast and on the East Coast. You just hit 1 December, the final month of the year, the year, the month of solstice and the one month of Christmas, the month of holidays. It's a good month overall. One thing in this time, though, with everything that's going on, we want to make sure in, with all the hacks going on, with all the people trying to steal your data, you want to make sure that you're internet and email connections are solid and that your internet or that your email is safe. That's why we have Start Mail. The protection of our privacy should be every American's right, but the government is watching. Big tech is selling our data and criminals are hacking our accounts. Everywhere you turn, we are losing our privacy. The most important step you can take is securing your email account. Consider the year's worth of emails and the information they hold about where you've been, who you've met, and what you're thinking. That's why I recommend Start Mail, a private email service that keeps your inbox safe and lets you enjoy secure, ad-free communication without surveillance. Every message can be encrypted, and when you delete an email, it's gone forever. Plus, get unlimited disposable email aliases to protect your identity. Ditch the spy mail and get Start Mail. Right now, Bards FM listeners can save 50% on the first year. Go to startmail.com forward slash Bards. That's Start Mail with a T. Startmail.com forward slash Bards. Right now to save 50%. This is one of the most important things you can do is to secure your email communications. Again, startmail.com forward slash Bards to secure your email privacy and your personal security. Patriots, it's important to make sure that we keep security up on so many levels, and one of those, and digital security is huge. Start Mail looks very promising. Take a look at it, do your research. It's like a good platform and a good email platform from everybody. And it's not in Switzerland, which always gets me a little sketchy because Proton Mail is, so is the CIA, <laughs> so are the central banks, huh. so is CERN. Huh. I'm sure there's no connection whatsoever. My goodness. Patriots, I want to start tonight with a little piece to remind you a little bit about the love, and I do mean love, that the World Economic Forum and all of its leadership have for you because they think that you are a very special type of person. What we're talking about now is like a second industrial revolution, but the product this time will not be textiles or machines or vehicles or even weapons. The product this time will be humans themselves. We are basically learning to produce bodies and minds. Bodies and minds are going to be, the, I think, the two main products of the next wave of all these uh, uh, changes. This time, if you are not part of the revolution fast enough, then you probably become become extinct. Again, I think that the biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades, will be what to do with all these useless people. The problem is more uh, boredom and how, what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless. Oh yeah, we're just worthless people. And he wants to know how to find meaning in life. I have an idea, a good one. I think it's a really good one. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. 
It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. Check that one out too. That's a little laser bullet you put inside your pistol and you can shoot while you watch the TV or you watch Harari. You can even probably put a target. Well, you know, I can assure you, you can put a target on the TV and it's still safe, but it makes for great discussion. All right, Patriots. One of the things we have to start really looking at in the back end of this is how these people are working. We understand pretty well that the World Economic Forum has in mind that the entire Humanity is going to be switched into a new species. That's transhumanism. And that's very much part of this global agenda. And unfortunately, not enough people are getting these links and getting these connections of how all this is coming together. We spend a lot of time talking about ridiculous things, in my opinion, like the election. And I'll tell you why, really the bottom line of why I think it's ridiculous is with the number of people that have now received the vax and with the understanding of what, what we know of the vax, and this injection that we're talking about, it's by definition not a vaccine, it's a technology. We know that within it, there are self-assembling nanobots. We know that there are small, there are small receivers and transmitters like routers as well. And we know that with, through the graphene oxide, that it has the ability to assemble and disassemble with the pulse of a frequency and energy. So that, adding to that the fact that it can pass the blood-brain barrier my standing theory has been that the only function that the election machines are doing these days is keeping people distracted. I don't believe that people have as much free will as they think. And if we listen to Harari, Klaus Schwab, the other members of the WEF, they've made it very clear that this is the era of the end of free will. So think about that for a minute and wonder why would you worry so much about a Dominion machine when you could actually control somebody's influence, somebody's vote, with the press of a frequency or energy wave like 5G. And the thing about it is no one would ever know. You wouldn't know. Someone else wouldn't know that their vote, their vote was being influenced. This is, it goes back to the ideas of subliminals. And subliminals were very effective at the beginning in when they were first introduced, which I believe was around the 20s or 30s. And basically what they were doing is putting in one frame, like a frame of popcorn, in every 24 frames. So what would happen is this, the eye wouldn't see it and the subconscious would pick it up. It would create an, it would create a desire response within people. And movie theaters found that they could immediately sell out of popcorn by just doing this a couple times in the film. It became technically illegal, even though ad agencies have continued to do it in different forms and they've become very good at it. One of the things that also prevented this is that people became aware of and became saturated with film and video. So we went from a generation where people couldn't see a single frame to where today, believe it or not, the human brain has adapted so much to the the video of of the time that we now can actually see single frames as we watch a film. So subliminals have lost a lot of their effect, but their concept is nonetheless effective. 
when you look at cultures that have not been exposed to video, however, subliminals are very effective. The Israelis use subliminals to sway several elections in Palestine by simply putting in flags of Israel every 24 frames in everything that they did, and every, every 24th or every 22nd frame in everything that they did. And so the effect was it switched about 30% of the vote by their standards to pro-Israel votes. People didn't even know they'd been influenced. The idea now of putting something in your veins, in your system, that could be actuated with a pulse, it could assemble at the certain time that that pulse was given, that energy or frequency wave that would hit the body with the, with the graphene oxide in it, these nanobots and small routers would assemble into small machines to accomplish a specific mission, and they would be able to affect the behavior of an individual without the individual even knowing. This is the entire concept behind the World Economic Forum's model, and it ties in greatly with biblical prophecy of talking about a time when people would want to die but couldn't. This is the somewhat of the entrapping of the soul. Now, I don't think we're quite there, but I do think that they're trying to push this there. And I think that this all this entrapment is part of the, the experience that we're witnessing right now is people being dumbed down and being very immune or inern to what is going on around them. And it's why this time is so important to try to press truth into people. I believe people can hear it. I believe they can wake up and I believe they can be probably improved even if they've taken the vax. But it's they're going to have to be a lot of combinations of things. Prayer is also frequency and vibration. So when you're raising your energy level, you're changing your frequency and your vibration in your body, you're able to, through extensive and very focused prayer, I believe you can overcome, and that would try and tie into the principle of repentance, of overcoming some of the effects of the vax, not all. God can do anything, but I don't think that we have that quite that power within our hands or grasp yet. We also have the principles of protocols that are being developed by the likes of Dr. Merritt and Carrie Madej and others that are actually proving successful in ridding the body of some of these problems that are there, including Dr. Artis. So there is a there is a way to move through this, but we're going to have to continue to press for truth into people to get them awake to what's going on. This is a cabal that is deeply rooted in, in the satanic world. And it's difficult for people to realize just how deep this is and how entrenched our world has become or framed. It would be even better. A better term has become around the principles of satanic worship. Take a listen to this short piece here. Just, these are just clips that have been put together by people from Hollywood, and these are statements that they have made over time, but we just blow them by as if they're just kidding. Your ultimate goal is to be famous, then you're gonna do a lot to get there, like sign your name in blood in a contract with the devil. That's how I got introduced to the music industry. I swear I wanted to be like the Amy Grant of music, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't work out, and so I sold myself to the devil. Well, needless to say, sold my soul. I swear to listen for her. I sold my soul to the devil. Why is your hand over your eye? Because <laughs> I'm a devil worshiper. What are you talking about? Because I'm a devil worshiper. What are you talking about? Nicki Minaj. Patriots, this is very real. And the 
thing that is has to become very prevalent to so many is, and it's not a topic that we can ever let, let stop talking about because it, it trickles down to affecting our lives in so many ways. In particular, everything that they end up doing is they end up going after the children because the children have pure energy, pure blood, and are unadulterated. And it's also the other part of being able to attack and hit God where it hurts. At least that's what they believe. And our responsibility ultimately has to be to defend those children. And we're dealing with people that truly do do these things. They do sign contracts in blood. Their contracts do include clauses about signing a contract for their soul. I don't know whether or not you believe in demons or whether you believe in the demonic. I will simply tell you that these contracts in blood, and when you start giving away your, giving your soul, they have real effects in the spiritual realm. That's in principle of where some of the work of the deliverance ministries come from. So you have to appreciate here that what is going on is not being done lightly. And these people believe in it and seek it. So we're dealing with something that's very dark and very real, and it's all around us, and we're going to have to really start rooting back into the belief in the supernatural God. That was something that John Benzinger and I talked about today. And it's, I, he put it in a different term, but we were in agreement, is that people have to come back to start believing that their lives are completely through and part of God. That's living in and around the supernatural God. John Benzinger's story, again, that will play Friday night. In just hearing the testimony he gave of the church, of Redeemer Church down in Gilbert, Arizona, just the, the miraculous event that has happened in turning a church around that he didn't think was he was going to be able to recover, going from 200 down to 90 up to, I believe it's two to 3,000 people now in a short amount of time. This is very much like this channel here. There was two years ago in November, we were at 100,000 downloads. Two years later, we're at 33 million plus and climbing and global in 120 countries. These are very important principles that we embrace that there is a supernatural God. And that supernatural God is part of everything that we do and creates the miracles around us. This channel is a testimony to a miracle as Redeemer Church in John's own words is a miracle. And we start recognizing that there are such things as miracles. We start to appreciate the power of our spiritual nature in this world and also something that we can now confront an enemy that truly believes in the supernatural, but not for good, at least not for our good. And we have to press them so hard that it becomes a place where their realities start to collapse to where they start to see that the father of lies who they worship actually is a liar. And we can do that as we walk powerfully within the kingdom and powerfully within the Holy Spirit, and that's kingdom authority, and powerfully within the Holy Spirit to literally bring about and the power of Jesus within our lives. This isn't us. We're vehicles. But as we, as we walk this path and we have Jesus in us and allowing God to use us, we're able to do amazing things through him. And when we're confronting an enemy that believes in the supernatural, we had better be armed and ready to fight in the supernatural. I came across this piece. This is very interesting. And it's a bit of a twist on what we know. And this is Prince. And I'm not a huge fan of Prince, but I was rather stunned by how this piece ends. 
I want you to listen to this. This was a talk that he had in a small group, kind of an unplugged setting, if you're familiar with that. Take a listen to what he says, and he gives some insight into the music industry, but then when he, how he ends was really surprising. Since my third album, uh, I wasn't really taking large advances from the recording companies. I was recording the albums myself in my own studio. So the way I looked at it, I owned the work because I paid for it. And I did all the work. I created it so I felt like it should belong to me. That said, the um, companies felt otherwise. And they would always hold this contract up and say, well, you signed it. And I say, well, I understand that. It's not like I want to leave. I just want to, you know, talk about this thing and see if we can't make it more fair. Of course, they wouldn't change because if they changed, they wouldn't really exist. And that's kind of the situation we're in right today. They're not going to exist much longer. It shouldn't be a situation where they own the album or the work. It's a, we're talking about intellectual copyright. Ultimately, it keeps us apart and uh, it keeps the people in power uh, in charge of us. So ultimately, we're going to have to learn how to uh, be together and become one people. Um, what I've been doing recently is studying the scriptures uh, as deep as I can so that it, that's what gives me the optimism, and I would advise anybody, if you want to feel like there's some hope in this joint, I mean, pick up the book and like read it and get somebody to actually show you what's going on in it, because it's a real thing. It's the real thing. Yes, it is. And I think what's interesting is when we get testimonies like this, these are people that have been dealing in and around the occult. They've been dealing around these Satanists, because that's who's running the music industry. That's who's running the entertainment industry. And when you start to hear them give testimony into the power of the book, their wording may not be exactly what we want to hear. They may, they may not be polished in doctrine. But listen. Listen to what they're saying because it's powerful and they're seeking. I had this meeting with Pastor Travis Graham. This goes back to the summer of 2019, I believe. And we were sitting in his office and I was talking to him about the anons that I was encountering on 8chan at that time. And I was telling him how so many of them were discovering Jesus, but how, and we were having a very good discussion, how none of them would have ended up being welcome in any church because they don't speak a language that fits what most people want to hear in church. Many of them were coarse. They would they'd use F-bombs, but they were seeking they had proven in their own words, and this happened so many times at that point in time when we were kind of in the midst of that type of a fight. This was 2018 and 2019, was that they were saying things like, I've proven evil exists, therefore God must exist. And then they would start reading scripture. There were so many people then that started to seek Jesus after that. I can't tell you whether they officially accepted Christ or not. What I know is that they were seeking and on the path to do that because they had proven that. And this is an important principle because this enemy that we're dealing with is trying to corrupt everything. And they're doing it through this, some call it a woke culture. Some, it's, some, it's, a, it's a Marxist culture. It is a global Marxist Satanist cult is what it is. And in this centerpiece, because everything in this culture ultimately roots back to Satanism, which ties us back always to the same topic, children and sacrifice and blood. These people are trying to attack everything. And if we're paying attention out here, we're going to discover that there are many different voices that are standing up against them. 
There's atheists that don't like this. There's agnostics that don't like this. There are people out here that are of seeking Jesus and are, haven't even officially found Jesus, but they're just seeking meaning in their life. There's Buddhists. There's Hindus. There's all sorts of people. There's Muslims that don't like this. We're a country of a melting pot of many, many different beliefs, which is very unique in the world, and our experiment is unique. And so, really, even though we are built on Christian foundations, it is essential, in, in my opinion, that we keep that opportunity open to work with other people of understanding who are seeing the same enemy coming at them. And in doing so, we are literally, we are truly walking as Christians at that point in time. And we're being mighty in the kingdom because we're being the light in the midst of them. We're being the power and bringing the power of the Holy Spirit in the midst of them through us, not through them. But it provides opportunities for things to be witnessed and ultimately for people to come to Christ. I told you the story, and I'll try to recount it the best I can, of a Pastor Dave Bryant when he had a guy, a Sikh, contact him. And he said, the Sikh says, I want to read your holy book. And he says, why don't we exchange holy books? And Dave says, no, I don't want to exchange holy books. I've already read yours, but I'm happy to help you with the Bible. He says, well, okay, I want to read your holy book. So Dave took out a chapter, and I can't remember what chapter it was right off top, but I think it was like Isaiah. And he takes his chapter and he gives it to him. And the guy looks at him and he says, this is your holy book's bigger than this. What is this? So Dave says, okay, because what Dave was, like he says, he wanted to kind of introduce him to the Bible. He didn't want to just drop the whole thing on him. So he says, okay. So he comes back and he gives him just the New Testament. And the guy looks at this and he says, this isn't right. Your book is bigger than this. Dave says, yes, I know. It's got the, the Old Testament in it too, but I wanted to kind of get you into the understanding of Jesus. And the guy says, no, I want to see the whole thing. I want the whole thing. I want to read it. So Dave brings him an entire he brings him a Bible, and a few weeks go by, and the guy calls him, and he says, I want to get together. We must meet in the park. I have some things I have to tell you. And, of course, if you know Dave, Pastor Dave, he's, he's funny, and he's like, man, he goes, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if I need to go armed. I don't know if what I need to do. But they meet in the park, and the guy says, this Bible of yours, this book, he says, this is a book of a warring God. And Dave tells, as he's telling the story, he says, he says, at this point, I'm rolling my eyes. He says, I was trying to avoid that discussion until later. He says, yes. He says, this is a warring God. He says, yes, but this is the Sikh. He says, yes, but I also realize that this is a warring and merciful God. He says, this is a God that goes after his enemies and gives them a chance to come to him as the one God. And then if they say no, he destroys them. He says, and then he ends the Sikh says, I want to know this God. I want to be part of this God. How do I accept this? How do I become part of your church? <laughs> Dave's just like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. So a Sikh puts down being Hindu and he becomes a follower of Jesus. So see, Patriots, this is the point here in this fight that we have such an amazing opportunity and such an incredible place to work with others and to influence them through our love and mightiness in Christ. And we're going to need everybody because these Luciferians, if we haven't figured that one out, they're a little bit off the chain and they're willing to do just about anything. 
And we're dealing with so many that are such so obedient to whatever they say, doing whatever they say, and not thinking at all. This is probably this next, oh, I guess it's about 30 seconds, is probably one of the greatest moments on internet TV ever. And I do mean that. And it's a, <laughs> it kind of sums up the point of the obedient masses. And yes, it came from our favorite Uncle Ted. Would you speak to the people who believe it is a worthwhile vaccine and it is saving lives? Are they just dead wrong? Are they been fed a fed a line from the federal government? Jim, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to the people that went ahead and got the jab. I speak their language. I would speak to them thusly. They understand that. Well, so all these millions of people that got the shots, they're just stupid? Yep. <laughs> Uncle Ted is absolutely has no problem just speaking the truth. And there is some there's some greatness to that because it's direct, it's brutal. I think like I said this is probably one of the greatest 30 seconds in internet TV ever, but anyway. We're dealing with an enemy right now that's pulling out all the stops. And part of the problems we have as we walk in faith is that we're, we every single day there is something else for us to be shocked at something else that they're doing to try to bring at us to keep us off base. Here's another example of one of these, and that's the Chinese opening up police stations in New York. Huh. What does that say? CCP is opening up a police department within the U.S. in New York. Let me say this for the cheap seats. Our constitution doesn't allot for a country, let alone a piece of shit communist country, to station a garrison within our borders. The fact that this administration's okay with this, on top of everything else, shows you exactly everything you need to know about it. This is how it starts. That's absolutely correct. And that is how it starts. They're bringing in foreign influences. You're going to learn tomorrow night with Coe Griffith, or Griffin, excuse me, tomorrow night in the interview. I asked him specifically about what he calls the D.C. Gulag, which is where he was kept after for his charges for January 6th, and he was held there for 20 days until they released him. Remember, Coy never went inside the Capitol. He just went there to pray with people, and he still got arrested. But here's the deal. That group right there that's running the prison, what he identified was what is what I thought. He said at best the people running the prison were first-generation Americans. He thought most of them were Kenyan. They were all speaking their home language. They may have been Nigerian. Seems to be a popular place that, or Kenya, they bought, Obama brought many of them in. Patriots are trying to destroy the country from within. They're using their corporate centers. D.C. is a corporate-owned entity. It's not part of the United States. Their corporate partners are, each of these are creating feudal states across the world and across the nation. If you look at how they moved the policy with COVID, they didn't use they, they weren't able to mandate everything. What they did is they used their corporate partners to leverage people and coerce people into taking the jab. And the jab is critical for them to do the control of the people, to destroy the, this nation from within. We have gone through the difficult time of trying to wake people up, of fighting for the truth to come to light for others to see. And we are now where we are. And this enemy hasn't stopped. And as a matter of fact, it hasn't pulled back at all. And it's only increasing its attack. And right now it has zeroed in on the most vulnerable, the most precious, and the most important part of all of humanity. And that's the children. 
And there comes a point when we literally have to start drawing a hard line to what we want and what we're willing to do. There are actions that we can take that can totally change the nature of this fight. There are actions that are going to take spine, and they don't have to take violence. But we are going to have to understand what we're up against, and we have to make a commitment of where we want to go. One of those actions is something as simple as encouraging every person you know to buy a few ounces of silver, four or five ounces of silver. If every American, just for that matter, if every MAGA person bought four or five ounces of silver, we'd literally shake the entire foundation of the, of the economic system. It's that vulnerable. And it's that important because we would now own the asset and the government wouldn't. And they could not get enough agents to take it back. That's an important step right there and one that we're going to have to make a hard decision on, on how we're going to move and what we're going to do. But as a nation, we're going to have to start thinking very clearly about these sort of actions that we take to defy and not comply. Silver is one of them. Another one that's very important is taxes. And unfortunately, in, in so many churches around the nation, they still quote the scriptures to say that we must pay the taxes. Nowhere in scripture does it say obey, obey evil and Luciferian orders. And this is the problem that people have to get out of their convenience. Too much has happened within the Christian community to create complacent people across the nation. We don't have mighty warriors now. We have people that have been whittled down to be compliance and it's towing the line and almost afraid to do anything or even bet, even worse, I'm just going to wait this out until the day comes that Christ returns and he'll take care of everything for me and I can just buck her on my way unto heaven. The responsibilities that we have when we accept Jesus don't end there. They only begin. And as we start to embrace that walk with Christ, it only gets more difficult. Our challenges are bold and many. We have to look to our, our past in scriptures and the stories of scripture to realize the mightiness that it took of these people, these legends, these apostles, these, these legends within scripture to stand up to evil and to be mighty men of God. Right now in our nation, we're lacking the mighty men of God. And as I have said, even in the last show, we're blessed to have mighty women of God because they have done great work. They're the ones in the school board meetings fighting. They're the ones that have been fighting against COVID to keep their businesses open. It was two or three women primarily. There was one guy, but the main heroes of the COVID lockdowns of fighting the tyranny of the state were two women, one in Dallas and one in Salem, Oregon. They were having, they had hair salons. We literally are not raising up the strength in men. And sadly, the war has been waged on men so long, I think men have just lurked back into the shadows. But we have to be greater than that. And men have to get re-embraced, reintroduced to the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of scriptures to be mighty men of God again. And that leads us to one of the biggest actions that we can take, that we have to take in this process, in my opinion, if we're going to reset this fight and truly fight in such a way that we're going to be mighty and we're going to be bold and we're going to walk truly in the truth of kingdom authority. We have to stop playing and being part of one of the biggest lies ever put upon this culture. It's the obligation to file taxes. I really expected that, of course, there's a law that you can point to. 
in the law book, the code that requires you to file a tax return. Of course there is. I mean, I don't know what it is right then as, we, as he was speaking to me, but sure. So naively, I agreed to go off and research it and get back to him. Three and a half months later, I was at that point where I couldn't find the statute that clearly made a person liable, uh, at least not me and uh, most people I know, and I had no, no choice in my mind except to, to resign. I had to leave the IRS because I presented uh, evidence that I had accumulated indicating that the agency was violating the law and violating people's rights. And I asked the agency for a response to my sincere concerns. And the answer I got was that they would not respond to my concerns and that they would uh, provide me with the paperwork necessary to tender my resignation. But We the People Foundation for Constitutional Education put a full-page ad in the USA Today on July 7, 2000. And within the body of that ad was a $50,000 challenge for anyone that could show the law. And to me, $50,000 is a lot of money. So I went after that and did the research based on the fact that I thought, let's put this baby to bed. I'm hearing all these rumors. You know, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I'll answer these people's questions that are asking me. And then I'll win this $50,000. And, you know, based on the research that I did throughout the year 2000 and that I'm still doing, I have not found that law. I've asked uh, Congress. We've asked a lot of people in the IRS, IRS commissioners, helpers. They can't answer because if they answer, the American people are going to know that this whole thing is a fraud. I was surprised to hear these highly trained and decorated IRS agents telling me there was no law requiring American citizens to file a 1040 or to pay an income tax on their labor. I haven't uh, filed an income, federal income tax return since I left. I have not filed a tax return since 1999. Approximately 67 million people don't file an income tax return. I made a decision to go to Washington so I could attend the We the People Foundation press conference. They were going to serve a class action lawsuit on the IRS, signed by over 3,000 people, because the IRS has refused to show the law that makes Americans liable to file a 1040 or to pay an income tax on their labor. I was very curious as to why the IRS refused to show the law, as it seems such a simple thing to do. Yet I was skeptical about the Foundation's claims. There had to be a law, right? I mean, we've all been told over and over and over again that we had to pay income taxes. No answers, no taxes. No answers, no taxes. No answers, no taxes. Most people believe that the income tax system is legal and that the revenue from the tax is used in the public interest. However, there is a substantial conclusive body of evidence that proves that our income tax system represents the most pernicious form of tyranny. It is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated by government against the working men and women of America. Today, that greatest hoax is probably zenith by the vax and the COVID scam. But nonetheless, it's the same trick again. There was no virus, like they said. In fact, there's even discussions now, very serious ones. You've heard them here. Dr. Merritt was introducing them, and I agree with her work. The, the virus science is completely bunk anyway. But there wasn't a pandemic. They created it in the media. And they continue to do this same thing, and they reinforce these ideas to get people to comply by their free will. But where they catch you is that once you agree to their contract, you've now given into, you now accept the rules of their contract. This is how they fight. 
and they're very good at it. So when you hear the celebrities talking about doing a contract in blood, they aren't kidding. And once they've accepted that contract, there are real consequences, both physical and spiritual, about this. When we accept their contract of saying that we will file, we've accepted their contract of the consequences that will happen if we don't pay. This is how they catch people. Patriots, it's going to take a great deal of effort for Americans to come together. We're so divided, and it's by, done by design, because the more that we're divided, we don't have an ability to talk to one another. Why do you think they introduced the mask fear again just before the holidays? Because they're fearful that, that certain families or families in general will have conversations around the table. They know this very well. And I will tell you that it has been very effective in dividing families, especially if there's a liberal side to that family, which at this day and age is not uncommon at all. We have to start understanding the power of, the, of coming together to do actions together. And the beauty of that is, is that people within the community of Christ do have an understanding of the power of walking in the body of Christ. There's a respect for difference and yet an appreciation for unity. And this is something that we can bring to the many to help them bridge differences, to build the bridges, to build the united power, to start doing these acts of defiance. This is what it's going to require of us all if we're going to win this war. So the third point then is children. We have to stop the trafficking of children. And if we aren't going to stop the trafficking of children, then quite frankly, I don't really know what else we can do. And I don't even know how we're going to face Father God because this is truly one of the most important issues before us. We're not getting enough airtime on Patriot channels. We're not seeing enough discussion. Sure, we've, we've seen great spikes in this discussion this last few weeks. And we're going to continue to see those as they continue to rise. But with new discoveries, new, new uncoverings, because there is so much going on right now with this particular topic, as long as we keep it in people's face. But the tendency is always that when we carry a message, people get tired, then they start saying things like, well, let's, let's go back and just do something else for a while. Let, let's, let's avoid this topic for a bit. It's too difficult for us right now. We want to, we want to start talking about things that are more friendly, make us feel better. This war isn't about feeling better. This war is about winning. Like every war should be about winning. And we're playing with an enemy that is so absolutely ruthless that if we don't understand what they're doing and how they never stop, we're going to get rolled up. Balenciaga has given us the opportunity to keep something in people's faces. And even like today, with their subsidiary company that's been putting other type of artwork, their subsidiary company is called Caring. Nice name, K-E-R-I-N-G, Caring. And they're putting up this horrific artwork at Christie's for auction. It's giving yet another layer that we can continue to keep this in front of people. But that work to do that is going to require that patriots continue the work to do it. Just relying on a few accounts that are talking of this issue, and it is literally a handful of accounts. One is here, this channel. We don't have that many big voices out here that are keeping the pressure on the topic of children and the topic of Balenciaga. And 
because of that, it's very can very quickly slip out of the public view, out of the f- framework of what we're talking about, and people will very quickly sh- pivot to things that really don't make any difference in this fight. We have a long fight ahead, and we need to take several actions to come together to win this, and they can be very successful because these are key strikes to the deep state. Not filing, a big one, a big, huge act of defiance. Purchasing silver, an important one, because it's forcing them to let go of their holdings and push it into the public space and distributing the holdings across all of America, greater than they could possibly recover. And going after the issues around children. That means every company that has been backing these transgender pedophile events, every company that's been backing Balenciaga, these sorts of moves are to boycott them permanently. Tractor Supply is, a, is the most recent one. And you can't forget these names. Because they're, if it would have been your child there, they would have been happy to sponsor that event to have some groomer put their hands all over your child. This is their agenda. And their agenda is to corrupt the children, to corrupt the institutions, to change the religion of the world to something that is so perverted, so inverted, so confused, that people ultimately break and give in. The only way we're going to get through this is a solid relationship with the living God. That means Father God is a conversational person almost to you. This is how you have to build that depth there. And that means taking the risk of asking and reaching for that sort of conversation and hearing God's voice. This is when we gain great power as mighty men and women of God. We have to confront the abilities that we've been told that we have, not as individuals, not as people of this earth, but as part of the body of Christ to heal the the sick and the injured. This is literally one of the big things we have to do as we spread the word of Jesus. Patriots, this is, and in all things we pray. So even if you're praying for someone and you're like, well, I don't see any results, You don't know the results that are going to happen anyway. You don't know Father God's timing. So we need to pray for people. We need to engage people. We need to speak the truth with people. You come in with a warrior's heart, which isn't looking for a fight. A warrior's heart is what would be called a meek heart, one that is fully capable of war, but chooses to find another path unless all things fail, in which at times then you can cross that path of war. We need to be that bold and that strong. And as we do and we start to tear apart these critical notes, especially the trafficking of kids, the abuse of children, raising the awareness of what's happening to children, not allowing compromise on these topics at all, not allowing a sheriff to stand in front of a crowd and say, yo, you have to leave if you're going to act rough, when in fact what they're talking, what they're actually doing is defending the right of the school board to keep pornographic material in the library. There should be... No discussion there. The sheriff should be rounding it up and arresting those people. But we're allowing too much latitude. And we're allowing the left to intimidate them too much or worse, corrupt them in their belief to try to force them to accept their way, which is the wrong way. There is such a thing as absolutes in faith and in life. And we have to get back to that. Because the absolutes are what will provide consequences, and with consequences, that means we have accountability. Difficult times ahead. This is not going to be a slow 
this is not, I'm sorry, this is not going to be a fast resolve to this. It will have a slow and steady pace. And no matter what dramatic events happen or don't happen at a national level, ultimately all of this comes down to us, we the people, who were given the keys to this land long before, under the blessing of God on the throne and government subordinate to the wills of the people. That's where we need to be. That's how we need to reset to. And to do that, it's going to take all of us together to work together, to trust, to build trust between each other, all of us who have a common view of seeing where this enemy is and what we need to do to get rid of it. And it's going to take bold action, fearless action to put a stop to it. In Scripture, in Scripture, there is only one place that a specific consequence to a crime is mentioned. When we take the example of the adulteress and the accusers and Christ is in between them, that confrontation, and this is an angry mob, don't forget that. The accusers are dispersed and the woman is sent away with the words, go and sin no more. But when it comes to children, it's very specific. Those that harm the little ones would be better off to have a millstone around their neck and cast into the sea. Our action is authorized to protect these children. And it's necessary to understand that there is no resolving that difference between pure evil that's exploiting them for their pleasure. We have to draw a line here. It has to be a hard red line that we do not cross. And we do not accept anybody crossing into it to violate the children that are on our side. This is our role. It's a big one. And it's a fight we have to take on if we're going to win. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for all the blessings you give Thank you for this community and this fellowship that we have that continues to come together and grow. We've spent a lot of time and will continue to spend time on these heavy topics of what's happening to our children. And it's sickening at so many levels that such people even exist, if they are even people, that seek to damage, seek to harm, seek to exploit, seek joy in the pain and suffering of the innocents. This is a wickedness that most people have little capacity to deal with. And it's one of these places, Father, that the farther we get down into this, the only way we're going to be able to manage the truths that come are through the strength in our faith, literally the rock of faith in which we have to have our feet anchored on and a true and personal relationship with you. And Jesus, this is a time when we're going to need everything that we can with you, through you. Because this is a fight we have to engage in. This is a war that must be won. And it's a war that we must give everything to. So we pray for that commitment. We pray for that willingness. We pray for that courage in the hearts of the many to understand that there is a time and a place for all things, and this is a season of war. And in this season of war, it means everything is on the table. It means that we can't leave anything on the, 
We have to leave everything on the field. We can't leave everything, anything behind. We have to engage this enemy with everything we have, spiritually, in our faith, in the guidance given in the wisdom provided in the words of the book, of your words, Father, to understand what is expected of us to protect the little ones and ensure that they have a future and that the gift you've given us is preserved. Guide us in these times. Protect us. Jesus, let us walk under your banner with all your love. We're humbled and we're blessed, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Each one of us has to take some time each day to reflect on where we are. The realization that we're at war is very difficult in this type of a war because you don't have bombs, you don't have a front line, you don't have machine gun fire going off unless you're in one of the active shooter events in a mall like Sandy Hook or something. <laughs> That's a school, sorry. I shouldn't make a joke. That's right, Alex Jones got sued over making an offhanded comment. But we have to get into a place where... We are understanding that in a war, the only way you win a war is to commit to it 100%. And even then, more. That changes our lives. It changes our focus. It changes our intensity. It changes our resolve. When you put it all on the line, you have a lot to lose, so you're willing to fight harder. When we do it part-time, on the side, this fight's something else, something here, the fair-weather soldier is not going to win this fight because we're dealing with an enemy that is, doesn't sleep. They are around the clock plotting and figuring and doing their incantations, doing their blood sacrifices, doing all the things that they do to win. And just as a note here, they are also the ones that are controlling the majority of the institutions around the globe who run the world. So it's not like their stuff doesn't have impact. There should be no reason they should be where they are. But we've given it to them. Now we have to take it back. And once an enemy takes something and they entrench in it, getting it back is twice as hard. We will do this and we can do this. But it begins with each individual deciding what they're willing to give and sacrifice. And hopefully that answer is everything for Father God. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Never pre always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee, until then or until the next time. God bless. Thank you. Good night. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest Oh, I want to feel something 
We're going to close tonight with this latest song from Brian and Jill, the Kahanics, and it's O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's absolutely a masterful piece. Turn the 
It's uh, a great song. I would encourage you to download and donate and to support these two amazing people in the compositions that they continue to put together. You'll also find at their website last year's Christmas album, and this is just an addition to it with this beautiful composition. God bless. <laughs> 